0: I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. we well, hope help you join us. Welcome to episode 22 of the Owner's Voyage podcast. episode 22 is an interview with Sarah Wasco, and it was a tremendous time. Sarah is a franchise owner of a franchise business, FranNet, that finds franchise businesses for people. So she has a lot of experience both as a franchisee and in helping people find franchises that would work for them. Sarah shares the process that she goes through to help people that are looking for a franchise and how that process will help you find the right franchise or maybe find out that franchising is not the path that you need to take. Take a listen, enjoy it, and then I'll Come back to you after the interview's over. And how did you get into the business, if you will?
1: Yeah, good question. So um, back in 2012, I was um, not completely happy at my job, and my brother-in-law had been laid off. He was CFO of a company, and he took them public, and... um Basically worked himself out of a job. They didn't need his level of expertise anymore, and he'd been there seventeen years. So he found himself in that spot of you know early fifties and feeling totally burned out and not wanting to go to corporate. So he met with Brandnet and um, went through the process. And my sister had told me about it, and so. Um, I thought, well, I don't know if I want to buy a franchise, but I might enjoy this consulting gig. So that's kind of how it started. So I started as what we call an associate with the previous owner, worked alongside him. And then in 2014, which was about after I'd been with him about two years, he started um, feeling the desire to retire. And so we um, worked through that, and I bought it from him in January
0: 2015. So so it kind of, it. it, it I don't want to say, You stumbled into it, but it was it was a way of just a process by which you got there. Yeah. What now, Franfrun or Frannet is the one that you are familiar with? What's the process that they have? That's. The franchisable part or the process that that you work with someone that's interested in buying a franchise, what's that process look like?
1: Yeah. So, we always start with education. It is um, really important. Most people, when they start thinking about a franchise, really don't know what they don't know. So, we really work to help them understand the franchise industry, the model, you know, the franchise disclosure document, um, industry uh, opportunities, investment ranges, um, you know, we dispel a lot of myths about franchising for people. There's a lot of assumptions that people make. So we want to make sure that they're all clear on that. Um, and then from there, they do an online assessment, which is about a 30-minute questionnaire similar to a Myers-Briggs or a DISC. But it's how we get to know our clients, understand their leadership style, their communication style, strengths, weaknesses, all, the, all sorts of things like that. Um, it's not a tell all by any means, but it's a foundation, kind of a baseline that we build from. Then we dig deeper into that, went in a face to face meeting where we really ask a lot more questions, help me understand what you meant by this. Tell me more about that to really just, um, the goal is to get to know the client and what's important to them, their, um, aspirations for the business and really get them thinking what they want the business to do for them and less focused on what the business does. Um, so then from there, we introduce them to, uh, the franchises that we think could be a good fit. It is a work in progress. I have weekly calls with my clients. What do you like? What do you not like? So then I can figure out, hey, are we on the right track? Do we need to go a different direction? And, um, you know, ultimately we may drop some, we may add some. At the end of the process, they've gotten enough information to be able to say, yes, this is correct. This is a good thing for me or no, it's not. And, no is always an acceptable answer. We, you know, want them to find their next career path. And if it's not franchising, we understand, um, we know it's not for everybody. And so we wish them the best.
0: So when you, when you're working with someone and you, and you've gone through the personality assessment and you, and does that help you select in a, you know, in a a rank order of the franchises that they are most likely to be aligned with?
1: Yes. So what I do is kind of in preparation for the meeting, I put together kind of what I call my long list and I'll have 10, 12, maybe even 15, oh, this might work Oh, this might work kind of ideas. And then throughout the course of the conversation, I'm generally able to whittle that down. Sometimes I add something based on something that they said that, you know, maybe hadn't occurred to me prior to the meeting, but it, it, sparked um, an idea. So at the end of the meeting, I usually try to send them off with three, probably maximum of four with some sort of variety, because if you're really going to dig in and do your due diligence, you can't do that with 10. So what I always want them to understand is this does not mean this is all we can look at, but you need to get enough information about these so we can figure out if we add more that I'm not just throwing things out there to see if they stick and that, you know, they are things that would really be in line with what you're seeking to accomplish.
0: So after you after you've gone through that three, how do you help them? Do you help them with the questions that they need to ask and and give them some insight into using your experience to give them not only some help in the direction, but some help in their information gathering?
1: Absolutely. So that's part of the reason that I check in with them every week and find out what are they learning? Um, you know, what are some concerns that they have so I can give them suggestions on things to ask to get clarity on what some of their questions are. Um, I give them a comparison tool so that they can rank um, the criteria that are most important to them and kind of what their must-haves are, and then their nice-to-haves, and this is what I can live without. And then they rank those from one to five in terms of the, um, you know, uh, importance to them. And so ultimately then as they're evaluating these franchises, we want them to be able to rank how they line up. Because what happens is um, everybody is going to find things that they like and dislike about each brand. And so there's no perfect franchise. So what we're trying to do is help them figure out which one is the closest to perfect to help them meet their expectations and their goals in their career, as well as, um, you know, financially and enjoyment level and that sort of thing.
0: When you when and now that you've you've been doing this for long enough that you that you've been able to see a lot of folks go into and find franchises mm-hmm. is is there a pattern or is there a, a personality type that works better in a franchise environment than one that goes off and and does their own thing?
1: Yes, so part of our assessment measures their compliance ratio, and so if they're somebody who is. Um, Good about following systems. I'll tell you, veterans make very good franchisees because they know how to follow systems. If they rank low on their compliance ratio, they might be better suited to do something on their own because they might be that person that wants to come in and kind of um, change things or you know do things their own way. So that's a good conversation that we have pretty regularly about you know their willingness to follow those systems. And part of the process is determining. If they have enough confidence in the systems to be willing to follow them, we get that they're not necessarily going to say, "Oh yeah, I want to follow these systems" when they don't know what the systems are. But that's part of the process. And um, the other thing is just somebody that is really um, what I would kind of call in the Strengths Finder is kind of an activator—that person that takes initiative, can make decisions. Um, if they need structure, um, you know, every franchisor has a different level of structure. Some people. Need a lot of structure, whereas others, you know, don't like as much structure. So if there's somebody that um, wants a little more autonomy and flexibility perhaps a newer franchise might be a better fit because they tend to be a little more open to franchisees kind of coming in and offering suggestions and making changes versus one maybe that's been around for a really long time. If you you're know? a
0: McDonald's franchisee, your, your your idea for the Woody Burger on Thursday is probably not going to work.
1: Exactly. So I will say, though, I, I always think McDonald's and, you know, our way or the highway kind of thing. But I do think that I heard when they started doing breakfast all day that it was an idea from a franchisee. So... Hopefully, they're open to some of that. But yeah, um, and then if people kind of, if they need to be told what to do, um, that's not a good fit for a franchisee either. So we talk about structure. They're going to give you the path. They're going to give you the systems. But it's up to you to take the initiative to actually implement those and execute them. So um, if you're a person that needs somebody to tell you what to do every day, then you might not be a good fit for a business owner.
0: So, as as you move people through this process, do you also help them with their funding options?
1: So, we have partners that have areas of expertise in a lot of different areas. So certainly funding. There's lots of different ways to fund uh, a business. And so we connect them with funding partners to help them determine which path would mo- make the most sense for them. Um, but we also have financial advisors and CPAs and attorneys that can assist them with each part of, you know, their research so that they can make sure that they're um, making a decision that makes the most sense for them. Um, a lot of people who are coming out of corporate America haven't, you know, needed legal advice before, or they may not have even utilized a financial advisor, or a CPA. I mean, when you get a W-2, a lot of times your taxes are much simpler than when you're a business owner and there's a lot of tax advantages to being a business owner. So you want a good CPA that can give you some tips and, you know, really help you out. Um, you know, my CPA is very proactive, which I greatly appreciate because it's not my area of expertise. And when I first started in business, I was trying to do it all myself. And I would say that is one of the biggest lessons that I learned early on that I try to pass along to my clients is focus on what you're good at and let other people do what they're good at. So I have relationships with people in the area that do just about everything, real estate and you know, some of the other services that I just mentioned. So, um, always want to connect my clients with people that can help them in whatever area they need help with.
0: So as you work with the clients and and you look at the variety of things that they may not know and may not know that not, they they, they don't know what they don't know. Right. What area do you find that you, that you have to offer the most support and kind of help them along into seeing whether this path is a good one for them or not?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say probably thinking past what they think they might want or what their experience is in. So I have a common you know scenario, for example, of somebody who will come in and say, well, I've been in IT my entire career. Do you have any IT franchises? Well, this is a good example to give uh, for you because you're in that business. Um, a lot of people that have expertise in IT are not necessarily the best owner of a business that provides IT services because the IT service franchises want the people that can go out and build the relationships, find the clients, and they'll hire the technicians, the IT specialist. And so oftentimes if somebody has experience in IT, they don't have any background in business development. And so it might not necessarily be the right fit. So um, a lot of times I would say, Helping people understand that they can transition and do a completely different industry than maybe what they had thought of because they need to think about what their transferable skills are. What have they learned while in corporate America? And then how can they transfer those into a business? Well,
0: and you know how you can tell an extroverted IT manager? How? They look at your shoes when they talk to you.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
0: And that's and that's uh, and uh, and and for me that's been one of the most fun things uh, in, in the podcast. Um, one of the things that I talk about early on that this makes me reflect on is it's it's not just what you're going to do, but why you're going to do it. Yes. And if you have a why, Frederick Nietzsche said that if you have a strong enough why, you can live with any how. Mm -hmm. And that maybe if you spend some time with the why, the hows that'll get you to that why open up a little bit. Do you find that true after you've placed somebody and you talk to them a year or two later?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So a lot of what the premise behind this assessment is, is trying to figure out what they want to accomplish through this business. And a lot of people you know, we're trying to spend more time with family, they were having to travel a lot for their job. Um, You know, um, a lot of them had kids that are involved in activities, and they didn't want to be missing those. So just a variety of things. And so, you know, when they come and say, well, you know, I'm interested in XYZ business, but yet I want and I'll use a restaurant, for example, you know, a lot of people migrate to a restaurant because of the type of food that it Offers. I've been told multiple times. I wish I had a dime for every time somebody told me they wanted to own a Chick Fil A. Um, but what they and they like that because they're closed on Sundays and that sort of thing. But what they don't realize is that the other six days in the week, you know, it's a probably close to a twenty-hour day for the owner. I have talked to people that you know have been either owned a Chick Fil A or heavily involved, you know, employed with Chick Fil A. And you know, uh, one of those people told me. I, I couldn't do anything on that Sunday that I was off because I was just so exhausted from the other six days of the week. And so, and he had said, uh, it was really hard on my family. So even though people, there's things about businesses that people may like, they may not really align with what they're trying to accomplish, either from an income perspective or, Or a lifestyle perspective. And so we do really try to get them to think about why are you doing this? Why would you leave corporate America? Or why would you, you know, no longer be an employee? And how can we accomplish that? and the how is oftentimes different than what they might have expected coming in. I would say a very large percentage, probably over 90% of the clients that I work with end up in a business that they would have never expected they would have ended up in.
0: Well, and and one of the things that I'm talking about relatively consistently in the podcast is this is hard. Yep. And and in um, in a corporate environment if you're if you're used to being a W2 employee, you have a very different mindset about yes. what needs to be done right now. Yes there there are times in a w2 world that you do have to do something right now but as a business owner <laughs> there's things that you need to do right now all the time mm-hmm. do you find that the, the folks that you help with opportunities have an eye have an eye opening kind of an awakening some some a year later they look back and and didn't understand how steep the mountain was or how high the mountain was.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an adjustment when you have been an employee to go to business owner. Cause you're right. I mean, there are certain things that, and you have to be able to make a decision, you know, you have to be able, and you have to be able to make a decision fast. And so one thing that I, you know, want to make sure people understand is when you're exploring franchises, um, it's mutual exploration. And so if a franchisor feels that you may not be able to, you know, implement decisions, make decisions, that could be a red flag. So um, I definitely think it's eye-opening for people because it is a very different, nobody's making you get up in the morning and go do what you're doing. You, it's you, you know, that have to make yourself get up and go do it. Nobody's expecting you at an office at 8 a.m. anymore, you know, and so it's a definite change of mindset.
0: It's well. It's and 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 I tell people that um, I did small businesses many many years ago, um, and then and I traded uncertainty for unhappiness, and spent twenty five years in corporate America, and then traded unhappiness for uncertainty. Yeah, and,
1: I really like that.
0: And when people trade for uncertainty, are they surprised at how much uncertainty that they find?
1: You know, that's a good question. I would I would say every situation is probably a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, some franchises, so my husband and I actually own a couple of gyms, and I would say there was uncertainty for sure, but one of the nice things that we found, there was less uncertainty because we had a membership model, and so we had members and the doors opened and we were able to start charging so we kind of felt like okay we know how much money is going to be coming in you know on day one versus other types of businesses you're like okay you know we're opening our doors and we're (laughs) hoping somebody comes in so I would say every scenario is different but um you know uh, I think there's uncertainty even in employment as well especially right now you know um I think this most recent occurrence is just a good reminder to all of us that we can't predict the future, we can't anticipate tomorrow, and we just have to focus on, you know, what's going on and how we can, my response is you have to just make a decision, each decision every day that you feel is the best decision based on the information that you currently have. And then you have to go with it. And you can't just look back and wonder, you know, you made this decision and this is what you know, how you're going to move forward.
0: Fido, forget it, drive on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I want to ask you a little bit about you, you and your husband have a business is, do you find it helpful as you're advising people to have a business that it's a small business that you're involved in on a daily basis in another place other than your franchise franchise?
1: I do. I've, I've seen, um, and I'll, I'll correct you a little bit. I'm not very involved. I don't, participate in it with him. I'm, and this is one thing that I make sure that my clients have a spousal support. So I'm a cheerleader. I'm there to, you know, bounce ideas off of And offer support, and that's what you need. If you decide to go into business, you need a spouse that will encourage you. Um, but I am not. I told him before we move forward with that that I was not going to be actively involved because I was busy enough with Frannet. But I will absolutely say yes because I can. To your question, that I've seen a lot of things going on from the you know franchisee perspective and that relationship between the franchisee and the franchisor that's different than my relationship with my franchisor because it's just a great example of how different franchises handle things differently um we were in a very unique situation because with covid our doors were closed on the gym well frannet was able to keep operating, you know, and so I saw things from very different perspectives. And it's given me a lot of good insight as to how the franchisors were supporting uh, the franchisee made me very grateful um, for the relationship that, that we have with that franchise, because they um, jumped ahead and did some things uh, for us, for their franchisees, um, to make the whole shutdown situation easier. So for example, um, the gym equipment is financed through an outside company. So they uh, contacted the finance company and said, hey... You know, are you willing to negotiate terms with our franchisees? And they said, yes, we are. And so each franchisee, uh, contacted the leasing company and was able to make their own arrangements for, you know, some assistance during this time when we didn't have any revenue coming in. Um, they provided a 28 page manual to their franchisees that, um, helped them with some direction on how to reopen, um, you know, when, when that time allowed. And it was, I think, probably kind of difficult for them because Every state's different, you know, the states were doing things differently, had different regulations and requirements, but, you know, it was a a guideline and they didn't have to do it. And uh, I felt like, you know, that was super proactive that they had um, taken that step to really help so I can see it from a franchisee side outside of my own franchise.
0: As you you go forward and we move through to what, and I hate even saying that, I won't even say some term about where we're going to post-COVID, but... In the relationship that you've got with the folks that you've helped with franchises, have you learned some things about some of the franchises that you might give to people through this process that might that that gives you additional insight into how they're going to treat people when times are tough?
1: Absolutely. Um, so what happened was uh, this: everything pretty much shut down on March thirteenth. And FranNet had a conference that was supposed to be in San Diego, March 22nd through the 25th. And so at our conferences, what I love so much about them is that we get to spend time with our franchisors and really get to know them and understand their culture. And um, a lot of what we're seeking to accomplish is making a culture fit. So if you sign a franchise agreement, you could be there for Um, generally they're 10 years, you know, and so you're in a partnership, you're in a relationship, and we want to make sure that it is a good fit from a culture standpoint. So anyway, um, we did the conference um, through Google Hangouts. We did it all virtual. I was super impressed with how um, we were able to Changed that so quickly. Everything went very smoothly. But we still had our one-on-one time with the franchisors. And it was barely over a week from the time everything shut down. And each one of them were sharing with us what they had done to support their franchisees. You know, um, just different things that they were offering to help them. Um, And it was really, to answer your question, very eye-opening to see how quickly they had made adjustments and were out there, you know, standing behind their franchisees, trying to support them however they could.
0: One of the things that I've talked to a couple of three business leaders in McKinney about is how quickly the people who have been successful through this were able to pivot and Mm -hmm. understand that they had a new reality, Mm Mm-hmm. That they had to orient to that new reality, make decisions based on this new reality, and then act, and then have a feedback loop to see how that action went. Yeah. My my default position is ready, fire, aim. Mm-hmm. Get lead going downrange and then figure out how to aim it, but do something. Mm-hmm. And that that bias for activity has seemed to have been a a a differentiator in the in the COVID 19. Do you see the same thing when you're looking for franchisees or where you're, where you're working with somebody? We talked a little bit about being the activator Mm -hmm. from a, from a strength finder standpoint, but do you see that has followed on as, as this COVID thing has unfolded for those same people?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to be flexible. I think flexible is a, a big word when being a business owner and, um, yeah, being able, like what we were saying before to make quick decisions and, you know, um, make choices um quickly to be able to adjust and adapt to whatever comes before you. I mean, this was something I think that was completely unexpected. Obviously, um none of us have ever experienced anything like this in our lifetime. And so um in what you're looking for in a franchise is that partnership and for them to be able to, the franchise or to be able to you know, guide you through it and then for you to be able to make those adjustments quickly and do what you might have to do in your own area to, to make it happen. I mean, I've had the conversation quite a bit uh, with my husband, just grateful for the franchise support. I'd always been an advocate for, well, I won't say always, but since I've been in the industry, an advocate for franchising, but even more so now just because of how I've seen them all step up um, so well among their franchisees and really working um, to guide them through these unprecedented times and everybody kind of working together to figure things out. As
0: as a business owner, you certainly have additional resources that you're not, you're not having to, you're not having to drive all the stuff. You've got somebody to sound. That's a sounding board that's in the same industry that's doing the same things that, that going back to the spousal support, well, having a supportive spouse is probably a greater pressure than having one that thinks you're an idiot because my wife looks at me and she's like, oh no, you got this. And I'm I'm scared to death that she, no, no, you got this. That's probably more pressure than her thinking I'm an idiot. But the the to have that support system outside of just the Chamber of Commerce or your networking group with a bunch of people that are in the same industry. That's that has that has been reflected in the business environment as I've looked at and talked to the people in the last couple of three weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I learn a lot from my franchisor, but I also learn a lot from my friend net colleagues that are doing the same thing, you know, that I'm doing. And hey, what's worked in your market, or what are you experiencing? And so that is one of the the huge benefits that I find in a franchise is that network of other franchisees all seeking to accomplish the same same thing. You're not competing against each other. Um, so as we say in franchising, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself.
0: So what's your favorite part of it?
1: My favorite part of it? That's a great question. My favorite part of it, I would say, is interacting with my clients and seeing them get from sitting down in my office in our first meeting, very uncertain about their future, very uncertain about, you know, is this something that they want to do? What what do they want to do next? Generally, they're dissatisfied with something career related. And then walking them through having a weekly conversation with my clients. I speak to my clients every Monday. And so, whereas a lot of people dread Mondays, I really look forward to them because that's my client check-in day and everybody kind of has their time every week, you know, that I talk to them. So when they either move forward with a a franchise or they don't, I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss you at two o'clock, you know, (laughs) on Mondays. But anyway, getting them to a definitive answer. And sometimes it's no. And you know, we don't expect everybody to move forward. We recognize that um, everybody uh, needs to go through this process to get the education and just make a confident decision. And they could decide to go back to work. They could decide to, you know, um, start something from scratch. They could just decide, no, period, they're going to retire. You know, who knows? But um, whatever they decide, my favorite part is just helping them get from point A of uncertainty to point B of um, a definitive next step for them
0: what part of it could you do without
1: oh that's a good question um i like most of it i could do without some of my (laughs) the clients that can't follow the system you know um the tire kicker kind of people like i try to say early on you know this is this is a process that's going to take 10 to 15 hours a week um if we start going and they can't make their they miss their weekly calls or whatever i'm like okay you know this is kind of this is a bad start here, you know. Um, franchisors want people that can follow their system. So part of the test, if you will, is can you follow my system?
0: <laughs> if I can't get you to follow my system, I may fire you before you get to the next one.
1: Well, and that's one thing that I do like, you know. Um, I can pick and choose who I work with, and so there are times that I do politely fire people.
0: Isn't that a great freedom? <laughs>
1: Well, it's nice to be able to just say, you know, hey, I don't think this is a fit. Early on in my career, that was a really hard thing for me to learn to do is to let people go.
0: And it's not. And and while it's how much time, energy and effort do you have? And if you spend a whole lot of time, energy and effort trying to help somebody that won't be helped, there's somebody out there that you can help that you can't get to because you're spending a lot of time with someone who just won't play.
1: And it took me a long time to learn that. But um, now that I've learned it and realized not everybody's a client, you know, and and do my best to um, pre-qualify before investing time, you know, and I tell them, I'm willing to invest as much time as you are if you're going to follow the system. And so we just try to be transparent with each other. And that's kind of some groundwork that I set in the beginning.
0: So if somebody's looking to work with you, how do they they reach you?
1: So um, they can... Um, of course, call me. Uh, my office line is 817-519-3952. Um, my website is frannetdfw.com. So it's F-R-A-N-N-E-T-D-F-W.com. And then my email is first initial last name. So it's S-WASCO at frannet.com.
0: Well, Sarah, it has been an absolute pleasure and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time.
1: Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here.
0: You'll find uh, Sarah's information in the show notes. Uh, If you go to the website, you can go to the show notes, and and her contact information will be in the show notes. And so if the franchise arc is something that you might be interested in, she would be a tremendous resource and is a wonderful person and and was very generous with her time and very generous with the information that she had to share. A couple of things I'd point out to you that that she said that was very interesting. the, The first is that your decisiveness is always going to matter regardless of what kind of business you're in. And we talked about decision decision loops and mental models, so that kind of reflected back to that. Her process also has a lot to do with how you select a business that's meaningful to you and what your why is. I think the most interesting thing for the in the discussion for me and... The thing that is probably the difficult piece for you to get around is that the business that you go into may not be the business of the or in the industry that you're familiar with. That you have a skill set that can get discovered through the process of finding out about what kind of business might be beneficial to you. And you might find out that, like in my case, I'm undergrads accounting, graduate degrees in management information systems, computer information systems. I have an IT company. But I've got some skills that are outside of IT that help me do that. But I thought it was very interesting that their process identifies other things. So one more time, the information to get a hold of Sarah will be in the show notes. Thanks one more time for her generosity and for sharing the time and information that she did with us. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. This is Woody Huffines. This is the Owner's Voyage podcast, a journey to business ownership. We'll see you again soon.